0: Welcome to Content and Conversations, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners that wanna prioritize connection and relationship as the primary tool to drive sales. Content and conversations are the two most powerful tools you have to attract the most amazing clients, build solid relationships, and sell more stuff. From sales, marketing, energy, and mindset, we'll discuss everything you need to hit your goals, make more money, and have more fun in your business. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to Content and Conversations, where today we are going to have a conversation about your sales experience. So yes, the sales experience is our proprietary framework. It's also the name of our signature consulting program, But it's also a really important thing to have in your business. (laughs) It's also something that we all need to think about as business owners, whether you follow our framework or not. And I very intentionally use the word sales experience versus sales process. And let me tell you why, right? Nobody wants to be go through your process. Nobody wants to go through your funnel, right? But they do want to experience you and your brand. They want to decide if they like you, if they trust you, if they align with your values if they think that you can help them, right? These are all things that people are evaluating when they find you on the internet, right? Whether they're looking at your website, they're looking at your social media, they're on your email list, right? They're making a decision about all of these things as far as alignment, both conscious and unconscious, right? But the experience that we create is really important. And I think people miss this um, because we're so obsessed with you know, doing it all right or making it look a certain way or what somebody on the internet told us that it should look like, but what it actually does is creates some friction and can turn people off. And I'm going to tell you a very specific story that inspired this week's podcast. So last weekend, my boyfriend and I um, took the kids out to go look at RVs. Um, I have this beautiful vision. I have no idea (laughs) if it will come to life that we, um, will become an RV family, not like live in an RV, but we'll travel via RV. I'd really like to road trip. My children are great road trippers. How much fun would it be to road trip in an RV and go see really cool places? We love to hike. We love to be outside. We love water. So it was like, well, that makes perfect sense. I'm a little too bougie for camping. So if I could have an RV, life would be good. So we were going to rent an RV for spring break, but. I don't know anything about RVs. When you go online, there's a million and one choices. So what's the solution? Let's go look at RVs and see what size do we want? What do we want? What do we need? What can I drive? You know, he can drive a truck to trailer. I can't. So anyway, we decide we want to go looking for RVs. So we do what most people do when they have a problem or they want information. They go to the Internet. We found an RV place about 30 minutes from the house. We pack the kids up. We drive out there to go look at RVs. Walk into the showroom. We're greeted by a guy named Junior who the first mistake this is again this is a story and a learning all-in-one so just roll with me here. the first thing he does is he makes eye contact with my boyfriend my boyfriend's name is Derek and he introduces himself to Derek and then he like kind of introduces himself to me and you know I shake his hands and then he just doesn't acknowledge the fact that my children are there so I'm the one that has to say well this is Davis and this is Georgia right and that was kind of my first tingle you know and like tingling a little bit so then of course, they take us back to his office. He's like, I just need a little bit of information before we show you what you're looking for. And he is then walking us through his system, right, or his, his sheet. He's got a sheet of questions very clearly that he is expected to fill out, right? And he's going through them one by one. And the challenge is, is that he's asking all these questions. And, of course, he's asking them to Derek, not to me. Sales 101, if you are a business-to-consumer salesperson who sells to couples, it is always the woman who is the decision-maker, right? Um, Derek is the one who's going to drive the RV, really be in charge of the RV, but ultimately, I'm the one that needs to figure out what I can or can't do. You know, this guy would sleep on an air mattress in a tent. So, you know, it, it's me who really has very specific needs, wants, desires about this particular RV situation, about the size of the RV, what's comfortable for the children, all of those different things. So I'm very much the decision-maker, and I'm being ignored, Right? And he keeps asking Derek all these questions. What are you looking for? And he's like, I don't know yet, man. Like, he tells him our situation. We think this is what we want to do. We want to rent first, but we're not even sure what to rent. And the guy's like, we don't rent RVs. And he's like, yeah, I know. Um, but at some point in time, if we rent one and we enjoy that experience, we will be buying one. So we wanted to come out here and take a look, um, and see what you had, you know? And the guy didn't seem to really like that answer and he just keeps asking questions and asking questions. And, again, Derek keeps telling him, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I, I don't have enough information. Like, how big of an RV do you want? He's like, I don't know. I don't know the difference between a 25-foot RV and a 33-foot RV, right? Um, he's like, what kind of car can you, or what can you drive? And, again, Derek's like, well, I can drive a tractor-trailer, but she can't. So we need something that we can both drive. And obviously not giving the guy the answers to the questions on the sheet. And so then he gets to the budget question, and he asks the budget question. And, again, Derek's like, dude, I do not know. I don't have a budget because, I don't know, on the internet, there are RVs for $10,000 and there are RVs for a million dollars. And I want to understand what is the difference between a $10,000 RV and a million dollar RV. That is why we are here. And finally, at this point, guys, I lose it. I stand up, take the kids, and I'm like, we're done here. And I walk out of the RV store. And the guy follows us down the hallway. And again, still addressing Derek, not me, who is the one who has decided that it is time to leave. Okay? Okay. Still addressing Derek, trying to have a conversation. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. He's like, you didn't upset me. It upset her, right? And the guy's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no big deal. We're leaving. Best part of the whole story is at the end of it, George is like, Mom, I had to pee. So then I have to turn around and walk her back into the store that I just stormed out of for her to go to the bathroom. It was great. And then we go on to the next store and look at RVs. But not even – so then – actually, I will tell you this story. So Davis is crying. He's so sad because all this poor kid wanted to do was see the inside of an RV, right? So Then we just drive down the street we find another RV place. And of course we walk in, the people are lovely, they're friendly, all the things. And he, the guy's just like, yeah, the ones out front are open. Go look at what you want. We can answer all your questions. It was a delightful experience, right? The guy went outside, was talking to Derek about, again, the different sizes in RVs, but again, address me, address the children, where are you guys looking to travel? How far are you looking to go? All these things, right? And it was just a much, much better experience. And the entire time, all my brain is thinking is like, holy shit, I got to turn this into a podcast. So that is where we are. So what is, what are the learnings in this, right? First and foremost, this is why the sales experience is important. That first guy clearly had a process that he was instructed to follow and he was not willing to deviate from that process. It was his process, not my process. Right? So the first thing I want you to learn about sales experience is that sales experience isn't about you. It's about your ideal client. How do you make them comfortable? How do you relate to them? How do you make it so they can make a confident buying decision? Right? Because that's not what happened here. There was no information. There was no education. There was no collaboration on deciding what is the best buying decision for our family because again, we didn't know what we wanted, we didn't have a budget, and the guy wasn't willing to educate us in any way, shape, or form, right? So the first thing here is that your sales experience is about them, not you, right? The second thing is, is you have to ask questions before you can ask buying questions. I used to call this earn the right um, to ask tough questions, right? He hadn't created any value. He had no freaking business asking a budget question at that part of the process. Right? He had created no value for us. And again, what are some things he could have done to create value? Simple things like the second RV place did. Right? The first one, he didn't ask us where we were looking to travel, how far we were looking to travel, how often we were looking to travel, were we looking to live in an RV, were we looking to travel, were we looking to camp, like what were our objectives? He didn't ask any of those questions. And asking those questions would have given him a clearer picture of what we wanted. Right. And also probably maybe would have created a little bit of rapport, conversation. Because again, at the second place, when they were asking us these questions about what our intentions were or were in RV, now you're in a conversation. Right? The first one felt like an interrogation. And this is why I actually don't give lists of questions for discovery calls. I mean, and I this is going back to my corporate days, guys. Like I do not Tell you, these are the list of questions you need to ask. This is why I give people a framework to work within, because, again, if you get rigid and you get tied to that piece of paper, you get tied to, I have to ask these questions. What winds up happening is what happened with our friend Junior, which is where Junior didn't give a shit about us, right? What he cared about was, did I ask all of these questions to determine whatever his company told him he needed to determine, right? Whereas, again, the guys in the second place were definitely, and of course, they were qualifying us, right? But... He asked enough questions to be able to make make a recommendation, right, and and talk about different things. So that is the big thing, right? So it's just earning the right to ask the tough questions by building rapport, by figuring out why are you even on the lot? So when somebody winds up in your inbox or somebody sends you an email or however you connect with people, why are they even there? Get to know them first before you try to sell them anything, right? And I understand, like, I am a warm lead. I have walked into an RV lot to look at RVs. So I do understand that I am showing buying signals like crazy, right? But you still have to build rapport. You still have to earn the right to ask tough questions. And I see this a lot with people online. When you pop into somebody's inbox, they're instantly trying to move into a sales conversation. And it's like, I'm just an inquiry yet, right? Like, I am just trying to gather information and really understanding where people are in their sales process so you can meet them where they are instead of dragging them to where you want them to go, which is exactly what Junior did, right? Which then made it to the point where he had not earned the right to ask any tough questions. He had not earned the right to, to ask the budget question in any way, shape or form. Right. So then from there, something else, another learning for you is he was trying to overqualify us. And again, I see this a lot in online entrepreneurs in the way that people are obsessed with. I only want to get on the phone with the exact right fit people. I only want to talk to qualified buyers. I hear this a lot from entrepreneurs and I understand, of course we want to talk to as many qualified candidates or Prospects or whatever it is, right? But at the same time, if you try too hard to over-qualify, you wind up in a situation where a junior is, where it's like, dude, you're asking the wrong questions, right? If you're trying to qualify, you know, how much money is your business making, or you know, those types of questions, which people ask all the time, you're over-qualifying and you're going to turn off qualified buyers, right? You're going to turn off qualified buyers if you try too hard to qualify them. So you have to walk a fine line. questions right you have to walk a fine line of being able and this is again why rapport building and conversation is so important because in conversation right you can find out how much money somebody makes not exactly but you know you can ask them how long they've been in business or a lot of different things right what do you do for fun where do you vacation where do you travel those types of questions pretty often will tell you somebody's socioeconomic status Their socioeconomic status often will dictate how much money they have to spend on the thing that you want. Right. But when we try to overqualify, meaning I only want to talk to you, if you're the exact right fit, you wind up in a situation like junior where today I am not a hundred percent qualified, right? Sunday on that RV lot, I was not a qualified buyer, but if our spring break adventure goes well in the next 12 to 18 months, I may become a qualified buyer. And I promise you, I will not be buying from that guy. Right. And I have told this story like 14 times since this happened. So, over qualifying actually winds up creating more friction rather than what you think it's going to create, which is I'm only going to wind up on the phone with really qualified prospects. Because again, your really qualified prospects they don't they don't want to know that, right? They, they don't want to answer those questions. You have to earn the right to ask those questions, right? So then, let's talk about being prepared to play the long game, right? Knowing the sales cycle for your product or service, and again, depending on where you are in your journey, you may not know this yet, but this is something you want to start paying attention to, is like from conversation to signed contract to like money changing hands, what happens there? How much time happens there, right? Because again, my guess is if I'm, and I don't know, I'm not an expert, I don't sell RVs, but I'm willing to bet that an RV buying cycle is probably a pretty long buying cycle, right? Because again, there's a lot of research to be done. There's a lot that goes into the lifestyle. It seems pretty involved, right? So, my assumption is that there are probably people that pop in and out of RV dealerships pretty regularly, right? Over the course of them trying to make a buying decision. So, when you know your buying cycle and you can play the long game, like our friends did at RV Park or RV Place number two, right? Like, he was really honest. He was like, What's your timeline? And Derek was like, I, I don't actually know. We know in March we we're going to go on this trip. And then from there, it becomes a budget question because, again, $10,000 RV, $1,000,000 RV. Obviously, depending on where the RV we need fits into that budget is going to determine how long it's going to take us to put us in a position to purchase that RV if we decide to purchase the RV at all, right? But what's important here is that this place, the second place, was really prepared to play the long game. He was asking the right questions so that he could walk us through, you know, a really intentional process that felt good to us where we felt like we were driving. And that I think is really the key to creating that sales experience where we felt good. We felt like we were in driver's seat. We felt like we had enough control of the situation, right? So three things or four things, right? Your sales experience needs to be about the ideal client, not you, right? You have to earn the right to ask tough questions like budget questions in an attempt to overqualify. You will turn off qualified buyers, Right. Being prepared to play the long game and really understanding the length of your sales process is really, really important. And then also the art. And this is something I don't even know if I can teach, but it's the art of letting somebody else feel like they have control and choice. Right. When somebody is, you know, again, especially if they're a warm lead, an inbound lead, letting them set the cadence while you still controlling the process is really an art, but it's an important one. Right. Because, again, this guy at rv park rv showroom number one he like he wanted to drive it was very clear energetically that he wanted the energetic hand up on Derek. i could tell by the way he was asking questions by the way he was being argumentative by the way when he didn't like the answer he just asked the same question in a different way right like he was very much trying to control that narrative rv showroom number two he was letting us control this is what we want this is what we need this is what we want to look at we're trying to compare these things and, again, by getting an idea of what we wanted and letting us feel in control of the process, we felt good, right? Seen, heard, understood. That's what we want as basic human, you know, our, our most basic human needs. We felt that way. But then also they were the guide, right? This is very much maybe more eloquently, you know, put into the Donald the Miller build a story brand, like be the hero. Uh, you're the guide, not the hero, right? That's 100% what happened here. At RV showroom number one, that guy wanted to be the hero, And at RV showroom number two, that guy wanted to be the guide. And so really making sure that you, again, have your sales experience set up in a way that you are the guide and not the hero. Because if I'm not the hero in the process, I'm not interested. I don't feel seen. I don't feel heard. I don't feel understood. I don't feel appreciated. None of my like human buttons are being pushed or warm and fuzzy in any way, shape or form. In fact, I feel just downright ignored. Right? So, That is kind of, I guess, going to be my last point for you. And I really was like push record today with like two bullet points. um, because I really wanted to get the story across here that there has not been a more real life example that I have personally experienced that shows why it is so important to be very intentional about your sales process. And I don't care if you are selling something that is $97, $997, you know, $9,997 or $99,000, right? It really is always about the prospect. It's always about your client or the ideal client, right? You always have to build rapport and earn the right to ask tough questions. You want to make sure that you qualify enough to not waste your time, but don't over-qualify to the point where you're chasing people off, right? Being prepared to play the long game. It's all about building a sales pipeline. It's all about building relationships. I remember when I was running my sales training company with my partner back in the day, we always used to talk about only 3% of your audience at any given time is prepared to buy. Right. Which means 97 percent of the people in your audience right now are not prepared to buy. So you have to be prepared to play that long game and continue to create value for those people so that when they are ready, you become the viable choice. Right. When they have the problem, when the timing is right, then they're ready to buy from you. And then finally, you have to create a sales process where you are the guide. But your ideal client, your prospect, the person you're talking to, they are the hero. And this can be hard when you're an expert. This can be hard. When you have been taught to, you know, drag people through a process in a certain way, shape or form, instead of letting people tell you how they want to be sold to, because if you pay attention, they will tell you, right? I told Junior from the moment I introduced my children when he didn't acknowledge them. I told him how I wanted to be sold. We are a family unit standing in front of you. This is how you should sell to us. And he missed that signal altogether because he was so obsessed with walking through his process, right? Right. Derek kept trying to show him like, Hey man, I don't know. Look to her. I mean, he's the guy Junior's asking Derek questions and Derek is making eye contact with me and we're having a conversation between the two of us, right? Like the guy missed every signal known to man because he was so obsessed with his process. And there are a lot of people who lose sales because of this, right? They lose opportunities because of this, because that's not how people want to buy because they want to feel good. They want to feel appreciated. They want to feel like you give a shit. They want to feel in control. They want to be the hero. I wanted to be the hero so that my little boy could go wander through an RV. That's all he ever wanted to do. That whole experience on Sunday afternoon was to go through an RV. And at place number two, he got to go into six of them. And he loves them. And it's four days later that I'm, or three days later that I'm recording this and he's still talking about it. Right? When we, when we go on our RV vacation mom, when we go on our RV vacation mom, like it's all he talks about. I want this and I want this and I want this. Right. So now you've got an evangelist inside of my home trying to sell me your damn RV because of the experience that was created by RV showroom number two. So this entire story is really for you to think about how do I create an experience that's about them, where I earn the right to ask the tough questions, where I qualify in a meaningful way, but not in a way that turns people off, where I'm prepared to play the long game and do the nurturing and where I am prepared to be the guide and not the hero would love to hear. And if you've been, and because again, I posted this on social media and a lot of people were like, Oh my God, I've had this experience. I've had this experience. So if you've had an experience like this, whether it's with cars or RVs or business to business or coaching or consulting or whatever offers, I'm going to hear all about it. Come find us on social media, share it with us. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much for listening to content and conversations. If this was helpful for you, I would love if you would follow along, subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. And we'll see you next week.